This message was recorded at World Changes Church Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. Father, we thank you that we're thinking of nothing else but you. We're thankful that we're thinking else of nothing else but your triumph. We're thinking of nothing else but the victory that we are walking in today. And so, Father, we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive from you. We prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the word. And, Father, I just ask you today that every heart that is burdened, that, Father, let that burden lift and let peace settle. Let the hearts that are in decision-making seasons, Father, let them rest in this moment knowing that you will give instructions through your Holy Spirit. And if they have done all that they can do, then the next step is to believe and to trust. Father, for those that are needing a healing in body this morning, we just speak healing and we, we reinstitute and reaffirm what happened on the cross that by your stripes we are healed. We are healed in Jesus' name. And Father, let miracles after miracles after miracles by the revelation of your word be alive today. It's in Jesus' name we all say amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise as the, as the lights come on? Hallelujah. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, welcome to church? Amen. As you take your seat, amen. I'm excited today, amen. Are you excited to be in the house of God? Amen. Hallelujah. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Well, I'm excited about today's message. You know, I've been out of the pulpit for three weeks, and Pastor Tina has done an amazing job, hasn't she? Amen. Her series on help I'm afraid to give was life-changing. Um, at first glance, you might have thought she was going to talk about tithe and offering, but she was talking about giving of oneself. And I thought that was amazing, that giving goes past the boundaries of um, money. Amen. Uh, Tina talked about things like being afraid of giving my wisdom and giving my time and investing myself back in relationships. I thought that was absolutely amazing. It was a, I think it was a sermon based off of Dr. Dollar's uh, series, Help I'm Afraid to Give. I'm going to be uh, preaching another message that's based off of one of his series today with fresh revelation for you. Amen? So I want to give honor to our pastors in America, uh, Creflo and Taffy Dollar. If you don't know who they are, find out who they are. They're amazing people. <laughs> Along with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're the reason that me and Tina are here. They made that possible. Thank God that for leaders that follow the Spirit. Amen? And that's one thing I can say about Dr. Dollar and Pastor Taffy is that they follow the Spirit. And we do the same thing here. Amen? So I'm excited about this message because um, it's really going to go into a radical perspective. We're going to look at scriptures that you've looked at one way, and we want to give balance to that through uh, history, through Jewish custom today, through uh, just radically shaping your mind and taming your mind. Amen? Anybody ever have trouble sleeping? Okay, super saints in here. No one else does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Me too. I got things that try and keep me up at night. And I've had people say, well, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And I'm like, how? <laughs> the hardest part about this walk with Christ is there's not many examples to follow. Amen? We all say we got it, but we're all living it a different way. And Paul covers this subject in the topic I'm going to talk about today. Amen? And we're going to start this series called Live Like Jesus. Amen? How many want to live like Jesus? How many want to have the victory he had? Amen. How many want to love like him? How many want somebody to love like him, love you like he loves you? Amen. Hallelujah. Me too. No, my wife gives me that more than you can imagine. Hallelujah. So I'm going to start off with a story. Isn't it funny how pastors always have to start off with a story? Is that, is that common that we always start off with a story? You know, we got to tell a story first. Now, my Wednesday night crew, they're probably going to roll their eyes because they've heard this twice now. But I'm going to tell it again, and y'all can just be a part of the story when you laugh. Amen. Just laugh a third time. So I remember this time when my mom, she carried around this Blackberry. Y'all know this story, right? She was carrying around this Blackberry phone. You remember the old Blackberry flip-ups with the little keypad up underneath like that was something special? And when you had that thing, you were like, I got to send a text. 
You know what I'm talking about, right? Some of the teenagers are like, "Mm mm-mm, swipe up left, touch, home screen. That's all they know. But we remember the days where you turned that phone sideways and it didn't rotate for you. You had to manually push it up and then you could start typing, all right? Well, my mom had one of those and my brother thought, we need to bring mom into the 21st century with an iPhone. So we bought her an iPhone and it was awesome. And she had all the apps and everything at her fingertips. And so my brother one day asked her, he goes, Mom, how's the phone going? She goes, well, son, what do you mean? Um, it's a phone. I send texts through it. I call and receive, and it's a phone. And he goes, no, Mom, this phone, you can answer your emails and do Facebook and get on something called Instagram. And she's like, well, why would I want to do that? It's a phone. I got a computer for that. And when I was listening to this story, I said, wow, my mom has been carrying around all these applications and apps at her fingertips, but because of her perspective, she had separated its purpose and its use. Amen? And the same thing that we do with our minds. We, we have all these applications through Jesus Christ. we got a new way and a new attitude. And we have access to the Holy Spirit, this power on the inside, this dunamos, this unlimited strength at our disposal that sometimes we don't open up the app and apply him. Other times, Paul says, as we're going to talk about today, we have the mind of Christ. Let us have this mind. Have the mind of Christ. Have this same attitude as Christ. So ultimately, this is an application or a choice. A lot of people have said that the mind of Christ is something that you have, like God just kind of I'm not going to mess with you. I'll mess with you. God just, because your hair is too pretty this morning. Uh, So God just like took your skull cap off, said, okay, oh, no, just throw that away and just put a new one in and put it back. The reality is that through Christ that your spirit was saved, but your soul wasn't, which is your mind. You still struggle with things in your mind because of your thinking processes. You still, and you beat yourself up over what you're thinking about because you say, what's wrong with me? I'm saved. What's wrong with me? I go to church. What's wrong with me? I pray. What's wrong with me? I speak in tongues. What's wrong with me? I've operated in the power of God. Why can't I just get past this? And we invalidate the fact that we still have a human mind. I want to give you freedom today in the fact that you can live like Christ if you stop condemning yourself. You can live like Christ if you stop condemning yourself and stop condemning the actions of yourself and those around you and start living like Christ. You have to change the way you look, the way you hear, the way you speak. you gotta, you got to start working out this mind. Amen? Ready to go to the gym today? Yeah, everybody's like, I didn't like the gym in January and I don't like it now. I didn't like it when summer opened up and I don't like it now. Amen? So as born-again Christians, being saved gives us the authority on multiple levels, and one of them is our mind. Authority also means power, but power has to be applied. Someone say, power applied. All right, so we have to apply this power. Our feelings can either work for us or against us, depending on whether we're trusting the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The app that we need to open up every morning through prayer is Holy Spirit. And let it open up and start working in us. The moment we open up the Holy Spirit and communion with God at the first step of our day, then our, our mind is moving away from carnal thinking into the spiritual mind in which God has called us into. Let me say that again. Which God has called us into. A lot of people think that when they get saved or that when something happens in their life, God did it to them or God was supposed to be over this. The reality is that God has given you authority over the things of this earth and the things that happen in this earth are dictated by you. And you have authority over these things and you can stop these things or you can manage these things through peace. There's some things you can't control that are out of your control, but that doesn't mean God did it. Amen? Does that make sense? So, but we can have peace. Amen? Man, I'm getting somewhere today. I'm, I'm about to get excited. Hallelujah. Can y'all tell? I'm really excited right now. I'm really excited. Hallelujah. So you need to open up the app of the Holy Spirit because Jesus did on the cross, what Jesus did on the cross empowered us to take charge of our mind. Your mind is tremendously creative. Think about it. All right, imagine the universe right now. Stars just opened up in your mind. Maybe the Milky Way or the moon. Some of you are like, no, just a black picture was in my mind. 
But your mind is creative that thought and imagination, God gave you that ability so that he could commune spiritual things with you that the natural mind could not receive. So God created you with a mind that could receive and interpret what he's saying, interpret the very image of God to you. Amen? It's not a mistake that your mind was designed the way it is. God gave you this imagination so that you could create mental pictures and add faith to them to see those pictures manifest in your life. So if God gave you these things, and I'm going to talk about this a little later on, if God gave you this mind, this this great mind that you were born with so that you could imagine and think and add faith to these things, then the reality is, is that you can also add negative things and see them manifest also. Superstition is one of them. You know, as a kid, I used to think if you broke a mirror, you'd have bad luck for seven years. And anybody ever walk around not walking on cracks, you know, or you break your mama's back? Anybody ever? That'd be kind of hard to do in here. Mama, I'm sorry. Amen? But some days as an adult, because I did that so much as a kid, I find myself, not because I'm superstitious, it's just because it's something so ingrained in my thought process. There's thought processes that you need to be free from today, and through the power and revelation of God today through this message, you're going to walk out of here freer than you've ever been. I prophesy in Jesus' name that your mind is going to be unlocked in magnanimous ways, that your mind is going to flow freely that it ever has before. You're no longer going to condemn yourself for the things that are going on in your world. Amen? Well, Pastor Kyle, how? I'm going to tell you. Amen? We have to realize that today, victory in life starts in the mind. We have to realize today that victory in life starts in the mind. My battle is not trying to win, folks. My battle is not trying to win. My battle is to try and maintain my win. My battle is not to win. My battle is trying to maintain my win. So I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. Amen? I, ha- I have a wall, a barrier, I have, a, I have a, a fortress, I have a shadowy place that I am in with God. And the only thing that can cause me to, be, uh, to lose this battle is to step out of that place with God into a place that I don't need to inhabit. Other thoughts and minds and precepts. Does that make sense? You need to stop fighting to win and realize that you've already won and you're fighting from victory to maintain your victory. Amen? Amen? Well, that don't make sense when my bank account's zero. Your bank account is not attached to your victory. You've attached it to your victory by your thinking. Well, what does that mean when nobody's standing there with me and everybody's left me and everybody's against me? No one standing beside you is not attached to your destiny. People leaving your life is not attached to your destiny. Amen? All right, you have put that perspective there to say people surrounding you makes me victorious. When you're standing alone, God is still for you. When you're standing by yourself and all hell is raging in your life, guess what? God is still there. You are still victorious. The enemy is trying to condemn our thinking. So Paul found this to be such, we're going to go to Philippians 2, 5 through 8, Paul found this to be such an important stance that he covers it well in Philippians. Amen? Amen? Philippians 2, 5 through 8. I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified, but you've heard this before that says, let us have this mind. Let us have this same attitude and purpose and humble mind, be in which, in Jesus Christ, let him be your example of humility. Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make him God, did not think this equally with God was a a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges of the rightful dignity so that as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave, to that he became like men and was born a human being. Okay? And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to an extreme death, even on the death of the cross. Let's go to that scripture, Alex, in the King James Version, and I want to go to the first scripture, uh, Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you. 
There's a few things that Christ did that I need to explain. I need to tear down one form of thinking and rebuild another. Let this mind be in you is a permission statement. It's a command, but it's asking permission. Because in the church of Philippi, what was happening was, as they were going off, doing what they, whatever they wanted, they were becoming self-centered. They were, try, they were challenging their own way, and this is the way we've always done it, and why can't we do it this way? And strife and discord and guilt and shame were running rampant in the church so much that Paul covers this subject three times. And he covers it also in every chapter to the letter to the church of Philippi. So he's saying, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. This mind that lowered himself, he became lower than the angels so that he could take human form, so that he could understand our struggle. Does that make sense to you right now? The second thing he did is he became a servant, a bond servant. And a bond servant, I'm going to explain in just a minute. And then he became so obedient that he took his obedience to the cross even unto death to be resurrected so that he could be our Savior. What I want to point out to you today in your thinking is you got to, you got to let go of self and let Christ in. Amen? And you've got to humble yourself. See, pride will put you above your problem and, and make you God of your problem. Can, can I tell you that some of you are gods of your problem? Amen? Because the reality is, is when you look at people and you go, why do, you, why do they think they can do that to me? Why do they think they can say that to me? God, why did you do this to me? God, why is this happening? That's pride. That's a puffed up state. That's not humble. That's saying, I don't deserve this. Well, quite frankly, we deserve everything because this is a fallen world. And if it wasn't for Jesus, that unearned, unmerited favor, we wouldn't have the favor we have today. Amen? Amen? Amen. So what does, what does that mean? I just take everything? Kyle, I'm just turn the other cheek? No. God gave me instructions to turn my cheek twice. After that, it's my decision what to do. And let me tell you, if y'all know me, you know what I'm going to do. You slap me twice. On the third one, you're going to get slapped back. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But I've got to maintain my victory through how I'm thinking. And the only way to do it is to put Christ at the center. When I am thinking of what Christ would do, when I'm thinking and I'm, uh, see, when problems happen, we open up the app of self. And we get angry, we get frustrated, we get hurt, we get depressed. But the, that, the first app we should open is not Mama and Them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Mama and Them app. Can you believe they did that, Mama? Let me call them and tell them too. And we get all the thought processes of all the people that love us and don't want anybody to hurt us. And by the time we're done, we, we've, we've developed a lynch party to our problem. But that's solving Nothing. It's actually limiting the manifestations of God in our life. Amen? It's limiting the manifestations of God. I remember when I lost my first child, I was thinking, man, God, why did you do this to me? And it took years to get over that. Years to get past it, but it was through the reshaping of my mind. I didn't run away from God, I ran to God. I didn't blame God's people, I ran to Him and said, right now I don't want to talk about it, I just need to be loved. Because love is the only thing that's going to help me through this situation. The why won't help me. Why tsunamis happens and why babies die, I, don't, I, I can't explain to you, but I can tell you it's because of a fallen world, but it ain't God's fault. Amen? Amen? So we have to have this same attitude of also assuming a bond servant. Now, a bond servant was somebody. Uh, can I, let's see. I'm going to borrow. Uh, I'm going to borrow your Bible. A bond servant. If they had a lot of debt, there's two ways a bond servant happened. They would, they would have to make themselves an open shame and put all their debt on the doorstep, waiting for somebody to come by and pay that debt. And that person that paid that debt, I promise I'll keep you place. That person that paid that debt would fold it over, saying that the debt has been paid, but you now have to come serve in my house. Now, once that debt has been serviced, that bond servant can make a choice to either stay on serving and become a member of the family. As a family member, no longer someone in debt, and continue serving out of love. Christ served us out of love, not just to pay a debt. Christ 
served us out of hope for humanity, not just because we couldn't. Not just because we were wretched sinners that had no hope. and That was a part of it, yes, but it was out of love. Does that make sense? you got to stop thinking that you're just a wretched sinner saved by grace, and if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't make it anyway. Can I tell you, if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be saved, but God has given you the ability to create wealth, and that wealth is wisdom, and you got to go attain some things, you got to change your perspective, and you got to pursue some promises in your life. Stop sitting there blabbing and grabbing everything, thinking just because you add a confession to it that it's done, start with your confession, and then add wisdom so that you have the ability to do. Amen? Amen. See, we confess a thing every morning. But just because you confess it, it, it's got to become a part of your faith. And then when it becomes a part of your faith, it's got to become a part of your actions. And when it becomes a part of your actions, it's got to become a part of your routine. I get up every morning uh, with my back, and I, I praise God. I mean, I praise God today. I was able to wrestle with somebody at the front door. I was like, come on, I feel so good. I get up every morning, I do this little wiggle. And I'll do it in public, too. I'll be standing there in public. I, I, I ain't trying to hide it anymore. I'm like, y'all want to look at me? Cool. I'm just freeing up my hips. Because I'm, I'm doing what the doctors told me while knowing by taking those actions my body will heal naturally, but there's a miracle happening inside of my body that I'm going to put up on the screen one day because already a 9 millimeter hip with a dissolved, uh, dissolved hip uh, it's already recreated itself, and they ain't supposed to do that. And I got the proof, so that's awesome. I ain't just saying it like I'm healed. No, no, no. I've got the proof that shows I'm healed. Then I've got a 9-millimeter shift that's went to 2 millimeters, and they're still trying to figure out what God is doing. Because I didn't just confess it and profess it. I went and sought wisdom to pursue my healing so that I could see my miracle. Amen? And I stopped thinking the way I was thinking. I was thinking, I use this as an example, I was thinking like, well, uh, you know, I'm just going to, I saw myself in a, a, a walker like my mama is, and I just saw myself like this. I said, God, that ain't your best. And he said, yeah, that's right. Why are you imagining that? Because you're creating that in your life. And I started seeing myself standing up straight. I started seeing myself like Moses. I may be getting older, but I'm, my back's getting stronger. How, I started seeing things differently in my mind. And when I started seeing those things in my mind, it started manifesting in my body. I stopped thinking the way my, my body wanted me to think. And I started thinking the way God had said on the cross. Amen? For Christians, our mindset is vitally important because the battle is won in between these two ears. The battle is won in between these two ears. You win it here first, and man, you'll take on the world. Many scriptures remind us of the importance of how we think and where we set our minds. See, God's always been telling us that the way we think manifests things in our life. Romans 12 and 2 talks about not being conformed but transformed by the renewing of your mind in the word of God. Proverbs 26 and 2. We're going to go there in a second. My son's going to try and get him up as fast as he can. Encourages us to engage in intelligent self-reflection. Oh, wait a minute. Proverbs 26 and 2 is telling us to engage in intelligent self-reflection. As a bird is wandering and as a swallow is flying, so the curse is causeless and shall not come. That is a poetic metaphor of how we're supposed to view that is science. As a bird is wandering, as a swallow is flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. That is God saying that you got to think a certain way. Just as certain things will, I've said will not land in your life, so will the curse not land in your life. But if you want it to land in your life, if you give a swallow a place to, to land, it will land. If you give a bird uh, that's wondering a place to land, it will land. Don't give your mind a place for curse to land in it. Amen? Change what you're thinking about. Proverbs 15 and 14 reminds us of the importance of continuing to learn. Wisdom is power, folks. Amen? Uh, Proverbs 15 and 14 says this. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on the, feedeth on the foolish. Now let's go to the Amplified, because I want you to see something here. The heart... Here, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, and as a man thinks, so is he. When we think heart, the mind of him. What you think in your heart 
manifests in your life. The mind of him who has understanding seeks knowledge and acquires after it and craves it. But the mouth of a self-confident fool feeds only on folly. Self-confidence only breeds foolishness. To think that you have nothing to learn and that you know it all and that you have figured out the science of faith, you are a fool, my friend. Amen? I am learning every day. God surprises me every day, and the devil tries to take me away from God every day too. But thank God I'm not relying on self that might rely on what I see, but I'm relying on God so I can walk by faith. Amen? Just a couple more. Isaiah 26 and 3 shares a beautiful promise of peace of mind. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, its inclination and character. You can confess every day, but if you don't have the character lining up with your confession, you will get nothing. Amen? You're like a little bold with that, Kyle, because I know a lot of fools that just confess every day. Amen? And ain't getting nothing because their character is horrible. Amen? You have to have not only your thoughts towards the Lord, but you have to begin to shape your character. Kyle, wait a minute. What, well, how do I work on my character? If you have the right thinking, your character will line up. Yes. Saying one thing out of your mouth, but your heart being far from it doesn't change a thing. Amen? But having your thinking line up with your heart will change your character, which will change your destiny. Amen? Because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Amen? Is that good? Pastor Kyle, I feel like you're condemning us. No, I'm boldly making a statement inside of a revelation so that you can have freedom from what people have told you, so that you can have freedom from what life is presented to you, so that you can have freedom from your problems, freedom from your religion, because religion, all it does is approve what is acceptable. Uh, but what God does is make you acceptable by living out the perfect will of God by having a transformed state. Amen? Amen. So in Philippians 2... The whole chapter, Jesus is presented as loving, obedient, self-sacrificing, and humble. This is the mind that we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have a loving mind, an obedient mind, a self-sacrificing mind, and a humble mind. The necessity of believers being in one mind or the same mind is so important to Paul that he mentions it in every chapter of Philippians. So when we think the mind of Christ, we're thinking individuals inside of our community. You have to have the mind of Christ. You need to be holy. Listen, let me tell you how good your thinking is. If you're anything like me, I already had somebody I didn't like on the drive over here. Like, what you doing pulling in front of me? I didn't in my mind go, bless them, O Lord, O my soul, hallelujah, with all their driving skills. Thank you, O Lord God Almighty, for all that you're doing in their life and all the wisdom of angels guiding their path. That was not my thought. The mind of Christ is not only individual, but it's a communal thing. Amen? See, a community of one-mindedness and like-mindedness instructs us and encourages us to live better. But when haughtiness and strife and discord and disagreement live inside of this community, it takes out the mind of Christ and brings in carnality. Paul is not talking to just the individual. He's talking to the whole church of Philippi. And somewhere through religion, we have made the mind of Christ something that you now have. No, it's something you have to exercise and give permission to. Amen? Amen? You have to choose to think differently than your problems present. Amen? It was so important that Paul mentions it in, first, in Philippians 1.27. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent or from you, I know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel. Paul goes on in Philippians 2, 2 and 5, Be of the same mind and of one mind. Let, us have, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ. He furthermore goes in Philippians 3 and 15, Let those of us then who are mature 
Be of the same mind. Whoo. When I covered 1 no, Timothy, or 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it talks about he did not give you the spirit of uh, fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? He's giving you self-control. He's given you the ability to mature. He's given you the option to fulfill what God has called for you to do. But this is a choice. If you don't open up the app of the Holy Spirit in your life, you are living carnally. Amen? And you wonder why it's not working out. Because you're reacting to every situation like you would instead of the way Jesus would. Why am I getting hurt so much? Well, because you're putting yourself at the center. Why am I angry all the time? Well, you've opened up the app of self. Amen? I am constantly, listen, y'all, with 200 people attending this church now, there's somebody in the woodpile that's always telling me how wrong I'm doing my job. And every week, that jackhammer of pastor, pastor, you need to pastor, you need to try this. I, I have to really go and have the mind of Christ. I have to be mature to be a leader. Amen? Amen. Because I can't act as I would. I have to act as Christ does. I have to educate instead of react and respond. I have to reposition myself in vision instead of their problem. Amen? Is that good? All right. Paul describes the opposite of the mind of Christ in Philippians 2 and 4 as selfish ambition or conceit regarding ourselves as better than others. I can do better than you can. Somebody sing that song. What? And you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, I can't. Come on. No, I can't. Yes, I can. No, I can't. Let's try that again. Anything you can do. I can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. Philippians 2 and 4 gets us to a, that Paul is saying that the problem that's happening in the church is that you can do better than what your leaders are doing. You can do better than what society is doing. You can do better than what they're doing. That you know a better way. Amen? That is the problem with society. We need to get behind one another and support one another in what God has called us to do. Quit trying to take my pulpit to preach better than me and get behind what I'm preaching so that together we can do more. Listen, there's a couple of you in here that will walk my dog in the Word. There's a couple of you in here that will preach better than I can preach. But guess what? You wouldn't call to lead this church. you here to get behind me and support me, and then I'll launch you out to do your thing. Amen. Looking on, see, Philippians 2 and 4 is that, it's also a self-look of own interests, disregarding the interests and the needs of others and arrogantly looking down on people. I know what the community needs. I know what the community needs. I believe that if we do exactly what I say to do, the community will change. But see, the pastor doesn't have the same revelation that I do. Ah. <sighs> Let me woo-saw for a minute. Amen? Let me tell you how God works. He, he speaks through the mind of the leaders on a corporate level. The leaders then get with their leaders, and they come in agreement in the spirit before they take action in the community. We then present it to the people and say the pe- to the people, get your provisions ready because in due season, this is what we're going to go do. Now, if we miss something, God will speak from the people in order, respectfully, without discord, without strife, through a tongue, through a revelation, through a private engagement, but it'll always come through honor, respect, and order. Amen? We have to stop moving in and outside of our church, on our jobs, in our lives, without order and without honor. Society has taught us that if you live well and do right, and if you're, I mean, I look at Instagram sometimes and say, how in the world do they have one million followers? I can't even understand a word what they're saying. His, his head looks like an ice cream cone. His face looks like a bad marker night at a party. What in the world is going on that people follow this guy? And there's about as much wisdom as a three-year-old coming out of his mouth, and I'm going, huh. 
I get one to two likes from my own people. We have a trending society that we only follow what's trending. Can I tell you today that Christianity is not trending? But if we want to be relevant, we have to stop bringing down into a, a common neutral state to be okay with society. we got to ruffle some feathers, y'all. Amen? You're like, all right, Kyle, let me get back to my message because y'all thinking, I didn't come here to hear this. Paul has reason to believe that the struggles among believers in the church is because of the kind of thinking that shapes the behavior of the church. Two of you right now could be angry at me and you could shape the whole church with your strife and discord. You could cause a question and then ultimately you'll shape how we impact the community. But that goes same in your home and on your jobs. You talking arrogantly and bad about your boss all the time is actually shaping your workforce to be worse instead of shaping it in what you say God should have be, be done there. Amen? You got to change how you talk about your circumstance. And to do that, we have to realize that these, these issues continue to plague human relationships both outside and inside the church but they don't need to have the final word. We can change our mind about what's happening because the mind of Christ is a confident mind. Amen. The mind of Christ is a confident mind. When it says in, in Philippians there in 2 and 5, have this same attitude, this mindset. Let us have this same mind. It is not a prideful mind, but an assured confidence in God. You want to walk like God, you got to talk to God. You want to know that God's with you, you got to spend time with God. Amen? We see an example of this in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 because hope is generated inside of faith and grace. Hope is generated inside of faith and grace. And when we have hope because we understand our position in Christ, we can now confidently stand in the favor of God, the grace of God, knowing that that, that is our position by faith. The enemy is trying to constantly interrupt our confidence. Let's go to Ephesians 2 and 8. It's a common scripture. For if it is by free grace, somebody say free, God, God's unmerited favor that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation, through your faith in this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing, or came not through your own striving, but as a gift of God. We're constantly trying to give it back to God. I'm not worthy. I'm just a wretched sinner. I know if I do this that it would be better. Listen, God loves you more than that. It's a free gift. He said here, no conditions. It's a free gift. It's an unconditional gift. And he gave it to you freely. And we are putting conditions on it because we don't think we're worthy. Because we don't confidently believe that we deserve it. Can I tell you folks, you didn't deserve it? There's nothing you did that made you worthy or in position to even receive it, but the fact that God gave it freely is why you have it. So quit trying to deserve this grace. Quit trying to deserve this grace because you will interrupt it that way. You will interrupt your grace that way. Amen? Amen? When we begin to understand this, we can stand confidently free from condemnation, guilt, and shame from the past. Paul displays the truth of the Roman society as he shared with them that it does not matter who you are or where you're from, there is no guilty verdict of sin to those that are in Christ. Romans 8 and 1. Condemnation kills your confidence. Condemnation kills your confidence. You get sick and you ultimately think, what did I do wrong? You go from faith to fear to failure consistently. It's not, your healing's not manifesting fast enough. And you start condemning yourself, ultimately interrupting your confidence. Therefore, there is no, now no condemnation, no judging guilty or wrong of punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the, the world of the flesh or the deceitfulness of the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen? Your confidence is in the Spirit. Your confidence is in Him. There is no condemnation in Christ. You're not sick because of something you did wrong. You're sick because the enemy wants to interrupt your confidence. 
You're sick because the enemy wants to get you out of the spirit into your carnality. And he's trying to get you to step outside the walls of victory and begin to try and win your healing. You don't have to win your healing. You have your healing already. Wait a minute, why don't I have it? Why isn't it manifesting? You need to change how you're thinking. When I first started out with this back problem, I was, I was imagining the walker. I was imagining all the things that was going to go wrong. I imagined a wheelchair. I said, well, honey, we'll just, we'll just roll around and I'll do wheelies and you on my lap and we'll have fun. And as funny and as cute as that statement was, it was death. It was wrong because I thought I deserved it. The enemy is constantly trying to bring us back to condemnation, the state of the law. He wants us to doubt our position in God, ultimately attacking our confidence. But if we shift to the mind of Christ and we become Christ-centered instead of self-centered, we will see the manifestations of grace. Because Christ-centered thinking guarantees abundance and prosperity in every area of our lives. Stop accepting your sickness. Stop, th- stop saying that it's because of what I've done or how I lived or who I was. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. You have, new, you have a new attitude and you have a new way of thinking. Stop blaming yourself. I, 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 when I first started out, I was blaming myself. Well, I, well, I wouldn't have been fighting if I'd have taken better care of myself, if I took the vitamins like my mama told me to. Amen? If I'd have drank the turmeric, I don't know. But Paul makes us a promise to the Roman society in Romans 8, 14, and 17 as I go just for a few more minutes. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Romans 8, 14, and 17. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading again unto fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing Sonship, verse 15. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more into bondage of fear, but to have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. Keep going. The spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. Verse 17. And if we are his children... Then we are heirs, also heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, sharing the inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. But see, when we share his suffering, we think that that means we have to suffer in the definition of suffering. No, no, no. We have to suffer to lay ourselves down because that's a hard thing to do. Romans 12 and 1 says, make yourself a living sacrifice because this is your reasonable duty unto worship. How many know it's hard to have a living sacrifice? Living sacrifices are constantly crawling off. I don't want to die here. I don't want to give this up here. I don't want to lay this down. I've gotten comfortable with that. No, 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 no. No, see, making yourself a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Suffering the persecution of your daily assault of you trying to rise again. Suffering your daily persecution of you trying to rise again this is the suffering that we go through because it tries to create double-mindedness doubt fear worry and anxiety which the Lord says cast all your cares your worry and anxiety on me Paul writes here that humility in verse 7 Philippians 2 and 7 humility is the key to Christ-centered ministry we when he says the ver- in verse 7, by assuming the form of a bondservant, this indicates the Jewish custom that we choose to become a family member, laying oneself down and binding ourselves to the servitude of God. Amen? Humility cannot be confused with a position of posture. A man walking around with his shoulders slouched and his head down is not humble. That's just bad posture. Humility is not a constant outward profession of, oh, what a worthless worm I am, or uh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, negative confessions do not make you humble, but but rather curse and bind you. 
Our proper sense of humility comes in our confidence in our relationship with Jesus. I am confident in what he did in me, and I am humble by the thought he did it all out of love for me. And for this, I am his obedient servant. For the mind of Christ is an obedient mind. It's a confident mind. It's a humble mind, but it's obedient. But when we think about obedience, what's the first thing you say? The first thing you say is, oh yeah, do what the Lord says. Obey his commandments. But no, Jesus Christ in John 14 said, obey this commandment. And we call this commandment the law of liberty and love. And all these other laws hang on the commandment of love. If you achieve in this one thing, and love as I have loved, and give as I have given, and forgive as I have forgiven, you will achieve all the law. You will achieve all the freedom. You will achieve all the wealth and the health. Religion gives you a checklist of acceptable, while relationship with God gives you the ability to love the way he loves so that you can achieve how he achieved through his spirit. Amen? How many people did you ever hear say in the New Testament, I love you, God, I love you, Christ. Peter tried, but he hit phileo instead of agape. Peter He showed friendship love. We all need to allow the mind of Christ to indwell in us. We all need to allow the mind of Christ to be humbly, confident, obediently, compassionately, passionately, positions that we serve from, not achieve in. When you're trying to achieve something through your thinking, you've lost anyway. Serve in your thinking. Serve your community through your thinking. Serve your boss through your thinking. Serve your job through your thinking. Serve your partner through your thinking. Serve your job through your thinking. Serve through your thinking saying, I choose to think a better way because God has given me a new personality and a new attitude and I'm taking on the mind of Christ today. I'm taking on his attitude. I'm taking on his thoughts. I've opened up the app of the Holy Spirit. I'm walking like he walked. I'm thinking on these things. Whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is lovely, I'm manifesting the peace of God in my life. I'm not walking in condemnation no more. I'm not convicting the criminal of my circumstance. No, no, no. I'm freeing my friends from what I expect from them and only giving God to everybody I encounter. Can I tell you that's the freest state you can be in is when you live in the mind of Christ. So I said it in the beginning and I'll say it to you again. I'm not trying to win. I'm maintaining my win. I'm not trying to win. I'm maintaining my win. And the way I maintain my win is by what I think in between these two ears. Focus on the gifts of God. Focus on the identity that he has given you. Focus on these things. Amen? 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 Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Did you learn anything today? Amen. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 tells us the humble state that we take. We take on the mind of Christ through humility, through servanthood, and obedience to love. Guys, one of the hardest things to do is love the unlovable. Forgive the unforgivable. And to walk in the spirit when you know you deserve to seek vengeance and justice. Can I tell you that offense happens outside of Christ? Write this down. Offense happens outside of Christ. It happens in you. Offense is resolved inside of Christ. When you're no longer self-centered, but Christ-centered. Pastor Kyle, is that happening in our church? No, no, no. I'm talking to us as a community. I want you to stop judging your thoughts and stop beating yourself up because each one of you live a different life. But as a community of believers, we're gonna have one mind and we're gonna have a sound mind, a disciplined mind because we have power, love, and self-control, self-discipline, good judgment. We have these things coming from this word, from this pulpit. And what we engage in as individuals, we're gonna walk in the spirit in. We're gonna open up the app of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna set our mind on heavenly things, and we're gonna see the manifestations of the Lord. As I close this and we get ready to go into the next part of our service, you've been wondering why hasn't the manifestations been happening? 
I remember a story of a man who was saying in his church, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. He had, stay, he had cancer and he said, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. But when he died, they opened up his journals. And in his journals, he was writing down things like, I believe I'm going to die. I see no way out. I'm suffering every day. His thinking had not lined up with his confession, meaning his character was not lined up with his identity in Christ. The reason you're not seeing the manifestations, God, God told me two months ago, I would used to in the U.S., I would see, I'd be on healing, uh, I would go for six weeks as a healing evangelist. So I'd go for a three-day revival that last six weeks. I've even had mayors send nurses into the city to make sure I wasn't a counterfeit. I've had those type of things happen in the U.S. I came to Australia and all that stopped. I said, God, why? He said, they're not seeing the pureness of the manifestations of my power because of the way they think. And until I heal their mind, I can't heal their body. Until their soul stops thinking they deserve it, stops thinking that it's... See, God wants to heal your thinking first so that the manifestations of his grace can be made glorified and manifest in your life. So let's go on this journey together as next week I talk about the mind of Christ. And you probably need to invite somebody. I'm going to be talking about withstanding mental attacks next week. I'm telling you, if it's a week to attend, next week is the next week to attend. Amen? Withstanding mental attacks. How do I stand up against the things that invade my thinking and tear me down and depress me? Can I tell you? Rebuke the oppression. That's the first start. But we're going to go much further than that next week. Sometimes you got to change what you're watching. Sometimes you got to change who you're talking to. Sometimes you might have to change some friends. Sometimes you might need to change your clothes. I don't know. But next week, we're going to have a good time. Take on the mind of Christ. World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram at WCC Gold Coast and on Facebook at World Changes GC. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangeschurch.com.au. Enjoy the rest of your day and God bless.